And I think that's the, kind of the same way with rock and roll. I'm not going to go and, and tell my grandma, like, hey, you have to listen to Van Halen and ACDC or else you're not a mature Please believer. Hey, grandma that. <laughs> the only reason why I'll tell you that is that. on the off chance that I just like walk in on her one day and she's just like, like, Welcome to Biblical Lenses, a podcast that explores the how and why of living as a Christian in a pop culture world. Movies, art, people, everything is up for debate, and nothing is held back. In each episode, we explore a topic through conversation, banter, and the Bible to try to get to the truth of the matter. We're not pastors or scholars. We're just regular Christians trying to understand the world through the lenses of the Bible. In this episode, we're talking about rock and roll music. Was it unbiblical for Elvis to shake his hips? And what do we do about Marilyn Manson, Slayer, and Ozzy Osbourne? We're going to be talking about all of that and more in this episode. Stay tuned. One of my good friends in Indiana, uh, actually my youth pastor, was a uh, was also our worship pastor. We were part of a small church, and so kind of the youth pastor was also the worship pastor, was also the associate pastor, like also the prison ministry. Exactly, yep. many mm-hmm. different hats. Well, not prison ministry because in Indiana it's like you no don't prison. really no prison. You Nobody goes kind of, to prison in Indiana. You know, well, you do. Morally but upright citizens. It's in more Indiana? jail. You like the people in our town. We were in a small little farming oh, community, they just so it's just like the drug just go tank. to jail. Exactly. Gotcha. Like okay. there wasn't a lot of that kind of crazy crime, but. Um, anyways, like he had many hats, but uh, he was a talented worship uh, worship pastor. And uh, one time he was playing uh, a set, and and all of a sudden, like this older lady at the end of of the church service came up to him, and she was like seventy five. And uh, she came up and, you know, just a normal, like what we would think of as a normal church service, drums, yep. guitar, gotcha. piano. And she came up to him and she was like, sir, like, I just want to let you know, like, I believe it's my calling to tell you that like drums in the church service is actually like worshiping the devil. Like the drums are a, are a devil's like instrument and mm-hmm. he uses them to you know promote his yes. his and it was just like and he looked at her with like the most love that he could have in his heart and he was like like I'm sorry to tell you but it's it's not like if you can show me a verse in the bible where it says like drums are are the devil's like instrument he's like of the I'll enemy. stop right now but he's like you can't and and she walked away just you know but it's just that was kind of for me in my mind it was like thinking about this episode you know is there a line that we have to draw as christians in music that we listen to right or is it kind of like hey it's it's kind of a free-for-all kind of thing right i mean it does every young christian need to throw their cds at some point into the fire after a youth (laughs) camp and listen to them hiss and have some well-meaning youth leader or parent say, do you hear the hiss? Yeah. That's the sound of Satan, of <laughs> sin being squashed in your life. When What's actually happening is it's just the CDs collapsing upon themselves. What I want to know is, is it more of a sin to uh, destroy the CDs and watch the, uh, the, the toxic gases float up into our atmosphere and destroy our atmosphere? Yeah. Or is it more important to destroy the CDs? Like, that I, might be yeah. us being bad stewards, burning <laughs> That's CDs. That's what I want. Like, God's just watching us like burn CDs and just burn old tires and you're just like what are you doing that's like, not come on. that's not the sweet aroma hey. i asked you to send up my way because <laughs> i've been a part ah. of i've been a part of bonfires where kids have literally taken entire xbox collections oh, and just dude. thrown the plastic in the fire and i'm just like dude. what are you doing you how can't. many how many um non-christian friends of christian kids scored huge <laughs> 
when they came home from a youth camp and they were like, I gotta get rid of all my CDs, all my movies, all my my video games. And their non-Christian friends were like, I am right here. Yeah. I am ready and waiting. I love it when you go to camp. Yeah. The problem is, is like, I never, uh, personally with video games, I never had a problem. And so my friends would be like, I need to destroy these. And I'm like, I'll take them. And they're like, no, because they're going to burden you with just the same sin. And I'm like, I promise you, they will not. I will take them from you. I will play them responsibly and put them away. But, I mean, it's just, it's an addiction, just like anything so else. So you got, you got the old lady that comes and says that drums are the devil's music. Yeah. And that could be very much like a cultural thing, right? Yeah. Like it could come from like a time when all churches played organ music Mm -hmm. and anything other than that was i mean there was plenty of pastors in the 30s 40s 50s like as music started because you got to understand like music for a long time in history had been very singular Mm -hmm. like there was there was a few forms of music like european music or like so on and so forth that we would call like whatever mainstream like and evangelical like church going Mm -hmm. people would listen to and then it started to part a little bit there was some acceptable things like all of a sudden it became big band maybe a little bit and maybe a little bit of jazz but still like a lot of the same stuff and then that's so different from now where like you log on to spotify and there's a discover tab and there's stuff you've never heard of yeah there's there is techno salsa rap like waiting for you and it's just there's so many just subgenres and subgenres So anyways, the, the 75-year-old Karen, right, comes from a space where... I, we just love saying Karen. It's, it's Karen, um, yeah. The 75-year-old Karen comes from a space where organ music was it, right? Yeah. And and she came from an era maybe where, like, that's that's what she knew. Anything yeah. other than that was worldly music. Mm-hmm. And to introduce it into the church felt weird and wrong. Yeah. And like you said, like, where is that in the Bible? Yeah. Right? Like, that, that's what we always have to go back to. Like, where is that in the Bible? Yeah. But, like, what do we... You know, like... Let's talk about that for a little bit. Like that old, that old thing of like, this is the devil's music. Like yeah. what, when we say that, like what are the examples that pop to mind? Well, I mean like, r- like running with the devil, like hell's bells is one of them that AC/DC I always think of. Oh, ACDC, especially like with their cover of what was he doing? Was he holding up horns behind his head yes. or was it just like song, highway to hell? Oh man. I mean, when you say hell in a song, it's pretty, it's I could pretty not, rough. I couldn't listen to highway to hell until I was 18 years old. Not allowed like, to. I was not allowed to. Okay. If I was heard listening to anything ACDC when I was actually able to buy my first like AC, I loved ACDC as a kid. Right. I was only able to buy my first ACDC cassettes when I was 19 years old and I was garage sailing with my mom yep. and I found like, there was like five of them and I was like buying all of them. My mom was like, I don't agree with it. But you're old enough to do it. You know, I I also like um not we can even like talk specifically about the bands that mentioned hell or demonic things. Like like Iron Maiden had like a lot of demonic imagery in their music. Mm -hmm. Yeah, of course. There's a lot of stuff like that. But then you can even go like other stuff that would be considered inappropriate uh to like Christians, which would be things that didn't talk about demonic things, but like you got like motley. I remember I heard the Motley Crue song, Girls, 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 right? And I was like, it just had a great, I, I, well, I was yeah. like 13 or of 14, yeah. had a great kind of like chorus. It was super mm-hmm. catchy. And I was like, this is cool, you know? And then I saw a music video and it was basically a softcore porn. Yeah. Right? And I was just like, whoa. Yeah. Like, okay, so this is, this is definitely not, it's definitely not demonic, but it could definitely be seen as worldly. Yeah. And so I could see the Karens of the world like bucking against. Well, and that's where I think like there's, there is kind of a a dichotomy there. It's it's like, what do you label as demonic? Because what one person would label as demonic, 
another person would would, would label as worldly and and that's probably a tangent that we can't really get off into right, right, but right, it's right, like right. i think that there are a lot of people that are just like i mean even uh you know when you read like uh c.s lewis's like screw tape letters sure you know in that he mentions how easy it is to deceive humans into thinking that it's you know one thing when in reality it's the plan of of you know of this demon all along to get this person to kind of walk into temptation where it's like, yeah, like the Karen's out there or, or, I mean, even, I mean, even as much as I, I love my mom, like my mom was very much like, Hey, like you're welcoming in something into your, into your mind that is not, that is not edifying to the Lord. And so I think that's where we have to kind of balance it as Christians. Like, is it edifying to the Lord or is it, you know, is it, if it's not edifying to the Lord, what is it? And I think that's where we have to live in the gray is right. if it's not specifically edifying or glorifying the Lord, is it good or is it bad? That's a question that gets asked a lot. And you and me have done youth ministry together. Yeah. And we've had, I'm sure you just like me have had dozens upon dozens yeah. of kids walk up and say, is this bad? Mm-hmm. Can I listen to this? Is it okay? Mm-hmm. And you do have, it's hard because, and I'm sure we're going to talk about this more, but like, I'm glad you brought up the idea of living in the gray a little bit, right? Like, like if we went black and white with the rule that said, if something isn't edifying to the Lord, I cast it out of my life. I don't do any of that. It would be very easy to get very carried away very, very quickly. Yeah. Right. Like, well, like what, like I have a job that is like, I design websites. Like, is that edifying to the Lord? doesn't feel like it. Like I made a website for like a VR cafe. That's not edifying to the Lord. Yeah. Like they're not believers. I shouldn't have made a website for them. Like, or I go to this place with friends who aren't believers. Like, is that edifying? Oh my gosh. It's like, well, it creates a very pharisaical, is it pharisaical? Pharisaical? Pharisaical. Pharisaical. Uh, I very, if you're going to go, you're pharisaic. Pharisaic. Pharisaical. Essentially, it creates Pharisees out right. of you. When you, you have to start like dotting and crossing every I and T of every little action that you make in life. It creates this essence of like, you know what? Like, I can't do this. I can't spit on the ground because it'll create mud. Therefore, the mud will be creating something. Therefore, I'm doing a job. Like, it just, and that's <laughs> you where. Were you in real with it? Hey, I mean, I'm just serious. Like, that's where it's just, it's, it's really hard because, you know, as Christians, we, we understand that there's, there's gray areas within everything. It doesn't make us bad. It doesn't make us hypocritical. It just, it just means like God is not necessarily this person that's like, Hey, there's black and there's white. Like he recognizes, and this is what we're going to talk about later, but he recognizes like, Hey, some people can handle certain things and other people can't. And the right. people that can't, you have to respect that. But the people that can, you also have to recognize that, you know, that might not necessarily be a sin just because they are, you know, whatever in, in the biblical sense. There is black meat. and white, right? Like, I guess this is, what we're, is this what we're trying to say? There's black and white things, biblically speaking, mm-hmm. that are sin, yeah. right? Like there are things that are black and white. There are also things that you're able to do that maybe I'm not able mm-hmm. to do that are like God would personally like speak to you and say, you're, you shouldn't do that. You can't yeah. handle that. Yeah. And that, uh, you know, we can get into it more later, but like, does that, that starts to becoming like a maturity thing that starts becoming a, what are my life experiences? What can I handle? Yeah. Like for instance, um, uh, this is going to go super off topic out of rock and roll, but like, I forget what the guy's name is, but he runs triple X ministries. Yeah. Do you know that guy? Yeah. Okay. So his, his whole idea is like to minister to people in the pornography Mm -hmm. industry, specifically to the men and women who are in the pornography industry and, and, and tell them that Jesus loves them, that there's a better life for them. Yeah. So he, with his wife and a whole crew of people 
have to go to pornography conventions. Yeah. That's not for me. Yeah, of course not. I can't not do for that. me either. Yeah. And he gets a lot of flack for that. Yeah. Like I I wish I could I gotta look up what the guy's name is, but like he goes to these conferences and ministers to these mm-hmm. women. He hands them tracks. They're dressed the way that yeah. they're dressed because yeah. of their industry. And some people would say you should not put yourself in that situation. Yeah. But he's saying, nope, prayerfully, like we've gone in here and we can handle this and mm-hmm. do this. Well, and I think like just bring it all back to kind of like the music industry. Like sure. there are, there are, obviously there are things that people are, are able to handle and there are things that people aren't able to handle. I mean, when I was a young, when I was a young man or a young boy, like I would think I was in junior high or high school. Like I was listening to a, a couple of bands and a lot of them talked about like uh, turning to pills as like a, a way of escape or turning. Right. And like a lot of them had, had uh, thoughts of suicide. And as a young man, that kind of influenced my life and started to make me think about like how crappy my life was in reality. Like I had two parents that loved me. Like we were financially stable. Like we were sure. actually, my parents were missionaries in Hawaii. Like you're not going to get much better of a life than that. But for some reason, I just convinced myself that my life sucked and the only way was to think about pills or to kill myself. Right. And I, I had to realize that that was a, a bad thought and I essentially like realized like it was coming from this music that I was listening to and I had to cut it out of my life. Let's, talk, let's dig in on that a little bit. Yeah. That's an interesting idea because especially like, you know, we were talking earlier about like working with youth kids. Like mm-hmm. at some point we were kids, mm-hmm. like we were younger and children are more impressionable, mm-hmm. we would like to think at least, mm-hmm. than adults. There's still a lot of adults that are still very impressionable of course, yeah. that don't know who they are. But as kids, we are very, very impressionable. And I can say that I, I, I kind of like, I'm on board with you because as a kid, I didn't know the Lord. Yeah. And I was like, you know, I had a different situation. I had a single mom. Mm-hmm. You know, we didn't have a lot of money. I bought, uh, when I was at the mall, Somebody came up to me and said, hey, man, want to buy some CDs? Obviously stolen CDs. Of course. Obviously did not care. Were they in a trench coat? They weren't in a trench coat because we're also not in the 1920s. Well. And he wasn't. He wasn't. <laughs> Dang he, it. He also wasn't running caskets of booze, Nolan. So, <laughs> so, but he did come up and say, hey, I got some CDs. And they were obviously stolen. But he said, I'll give you 10 CDs for like two bucks. Mm-hmm. And I said, I'll take them. And I was with some friends and they helped me pick out my first Punk rock CDs. Wow, yeah. Like, and I didn't even know what they were, who they were, what the songs or the bands were, but I brought them home like paraphernalia. Yeah. And I hid them in my room because I I was just like, I don't know if these are right or wrong. Uh And I listened to them headphones on and they were talking about what punk rockers talk about. They were talking about getting messed up. They were talking about like revolting against who knows what. Mm -hmm. They're always angry at something. And as a young angsty teenager, I was like, I'm on board with this. And what they're talking about to me is influential, like, like drugs and Mm -hmm. sex and alcohol abuse and being angry just for anger's sake. All that stuff soaked into me. Mm -hmm. It was very, it was like really easy. I was a sponge. But now like fast forward, because obviously I know your test, like your testimony, but a lot of people don't know like this part of you, but fast forward, what, what was it like five, 10 years maybe a little bit more and you're yeah. playing in a punk rock band touring yep. the United States and you're getting kind of like into all kinds of chaos. Oh, I was, I was the worst. I yeah. was like the quintessential like little fish or in a big pond thinking he was a big fish mm-hmm. in a big pond. Yeah. Like, and just thought it was super cool using people. Like I, I, I toured like in bands, like on the road and I was just like, not a great person. Yeah. And to say, to think that, 
those things that I did at 24 or 23 were not like in direct correlation to the things that I took in at mm-hmm. 14 would be stupid. Yeah. That would be a very, very ignorant, like mm. to, to, to just like dismiss it even mm-hmm. yeah. would be stupid. I think. Yeah. Well, and see, I think like that's for me, that's where it's like my mom and dad were very like aware of what I was listening to. Even I think I tried to download, what was it? It's not uh rock and roll. It was, um, it was 50 cents. Uh, oh, was yes. it 50 cent or was it ushers? Yeah. It was ushers. Yeah. Song is what it was. Oh, well, here's little John. You already, you said 50. <laughs> It's not 50. It's sorry, it's 50. 50. I'm so sorry. Good night. Good. Look, because you know why? I had to delete the song right away, mm-hmm. and I couldn't listen to rap for like the next three years. But essentially what I'm trying to say... <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm sorry. I'm just, I'm, having, just... <laughs> I'm, I'm just having a mental picture of little Nolan li- listening to Fitty in his Indiana like oh, bedroom. Man. Yeah. Oh. Hey, what's funny is I was, and I was like walking around, and I could rap every part of that little John, John song. And I was just going around... Anyways, my, my dad found out and he was like, yeah, you're deleting this right now. I was like, oh, I'm sorry. I was crying. Like, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Failed you, dad. But essentially, like, say all that to say, I mean, as as a kid, like, I was trying to do this stuff and my mom and dad recognized, like, hey, this isn't this isn't good for you to, like, listen to this. Like, this kind of invites, uh, whether you believe it's a spirit or not, like, it essentially, right. as a young, impressionable kid, it made me, especially listening to that it was it was definitely yeah by usher and i was like listen to this song and as a kid i just imagined myself as a full-on player with a bunch of like girls around me bunch and of I'm, and I'm, yeah, exactly man like ah. i was you know i was 12 years old 13 years old like listen to this song and my mom and dad caught it soon enough but it's like i mean really and what i, I think you said about there are some adults that are still like that that are still kind of caught in that sure that, I mean, even coworkers that I have, they are very impressed. Like, uh, they are very impressed by music, or they're uh-huh. like, music is a part of their life. And when they listen to it, it just music has a, ma- a way of making us feel good, a it way does. of making us feel better about ourselves. And I think it's good to note, like we were talking about before, is just that you know, uh, Satan was like the worship leader of heaven. Like, so, <laughs> a lot so of watch out, watch out. <laughs> Never trust a worship leader. But what's funny is like the 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 Karens and the you know and the Stacys of the world would tell you like, hey, you know, watch out because Satan was the worship leader and so he knows how to manipulate music to make you feel good so or that whatever. Being, okay, so with that being said, what do we say? Like, okay, you have like the old like added at like um, the old idea of like oh like anything else besides this is the devil's music yeah. like. Rock and roll, Iron Led Zeppelin. Like you can't let your kids listen yeah. to Led Zeppelin. That's. But then, is it interesting that like those things become mild in comparison to what the next generation comes out with? Yeah. Like people said that Elvis and the way that he <laughs> shook his hips and played his guitar was demonic. It yeah. Was not right. It was not moral. Yeah. But now, any parent that's my age would play their kids like you know elvis music yeah. and go isn't this sweet yeah it's sweet that he's like talking about being a hound dog isn't it yeah. and 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 the generations that came after introduced the marilyn mansons and the the whatever that came and we went oh no here it is again yeah right like and it's just it's just it feels like the same thing like yeah. cycling over and over and over well i think i think a lot of it is just like uh cycles of you know the the progressism the progressive like 
ism of Theism. our culture where it's like, you know, if, if it's one step above, you know, my generation, all of a sudden it becomes, sure. you know, bad or evil because it's just not what I grew up with. But, you know, my son Titus, like when he grows up, he's going to be listening to stuff that I'm like, that's bad. And, but his kids, he's going to be listening, you know, they're going to be listening to something that might be far worse. My thinking, my thing is, is like, is it, is music one of those industries where it's like, it just continues to progress from bad to worse like where it's you know because we we both know that satan never takes you from a to z he takes you from a to b b to c c to d you know was elvis shaking his hips you know step b and now (laughs) we're listening to we're listening to ariana grande that's basically saying like hey you can you know do this you can have sex with whoever this and that and it's and it's fine and and our culture is just like yeah that's acceptable because we're already doing this I mean, it's an, it's definitely it's like a chicken or the egg argument. It's like, does yeah. music lead culture? Does culture or like does music influence culture, or does culture influence the music? Yeah, I don't know. Like, it's hard to say. We'll never know. But what we do know is like it has influenced the church a little bit, yeah. right? Like, it so it has loosened up like the the church just in general. It's 2019. Yeah, a lot of churches are a little bit more like relaxed, like casual, come as you are kind of yeah. churches. And when you walk in, there are drums, and there are, and now we're even past the idea of like, oh, drums and guitars and bass, like you know, bass guitars yeah. are like okay now, but now they feel more like like concerts, right? Yeah. Like okay, now like the music is like super loud there's smoke machines yeah. like in a few more years there's gonna be fireworks in every yeah, church of course ever. so it's just like it becomes now a performance and that is is that influenced by yeah you know i i think i definitely think that christian music is uh does have to change throughout throughout the time because I and mean, when you think about what we were singing you know 50 years ago versus like what where we are now i, I think you'd see a lot of older people especially like uh, one of my friends, he was a worship pastor at a church for a while, and uh, they literally had the first service was just traditional hymns because it was a, a service that was comprised of mainly 60 to 80-year-olds. Right. And then they had a second service that was contemporary where they had drums, where they had, That's you know, they had guitars. It's just, it's a thing. It's because one generation is still holding on to, you know, the fact that like, oh, well, you can only worship like this. And I think that as Christians, we need to be a little bit more dynamic with our, with our ideology where we go like, you know what? It might be like the Lord might be, you, you know, using this for his glory in this way. Like, believe it or not, the Lord might be using smoke machines and and, and laser effects in worship, like for His glory. See, that's where like that's the hard thing that I have though is like when I'm like being a being a 25 year old like man, like watching like new technology come out and change my style of worship. I'm used to Michael W. Smith, man. Like I'm just yeah. used to pumping out like an Michael 80s w. style Smith. mullet like in front of a piano with like the wind blowing in my face. Like yes. that's my kind of worship, that's right? The thing. Well, you know, so. This okay. Let's let's segue into this because like we're talking about like how the world has influenced the church, mm-hmm. and then but if you go back the other way, like the church is always meant to like influence the world, yeah. right? So there are like and when I got saved, I came out of the world of like punk rock, heavy yeah. metal, like all that kind of stuff. There, I immediately started like most people do when they get saved. They're looking for people like them. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in if you're a cowboy. You're looking for other Christian cowboys. Yeah. If you're a, if you are into polka music, you're like any other like believers here like yeah. polka because I'm really I dig polka. <laughs> so it was the same thing for me, right? I was like, I'm like, is it okay, right? Because I identified really, really quickly that like, hey, Jesus is not of this world. Yeah. Like he is, 
like wholly perfect and beautiful and wonderful. And that's not necessarily the lifestyle that I was living. Yeah. So is the lifestyle that I used to live no longer okay? Mm. Right? So I had to like really like spend a lot of time working on that. And I part of that was looking for other people who were like me. Yeah. Is it okay to be a Christian punk rocker? Mm. Can I? And I asked these questions as I got saved at 24. 24 years old. I'm like, can I listen? Because when I went into like worship, mm-hmm. it was very slow. Yeah. Arms were raised. Yeah. Right? Like very serious. And I'm like... But like, I really like ska music, which yeah. is like really dancey and fun. Is it okay to dance? Just like to do real big fish. Right? Like, like a little, real big fish, like a little bit of like two-tone ska, like yeah. a little bit of punk rock. Yeah. Like, can I mosh still? Yeah. Is it weird to dance and mosh? Is it weird to like sing? Is it yeah. weird to like want to go to like shows anymore? Crowd surf, yeah. And crowd surf, <laughs> yeah. like, is that okay? Or yeah. is that like not okay? And I had, I, I had to spend a lot of time and I found people mm. who were willing to love Jesus and still be those things. Yeah. Like, hey, this is who I am. Yeah. And we're going to take that instead of saying that's no longer good. We're going to take hold of it and bring it back out yeah. to the world. Yeah. And so I just watched a, like a part of a documentary. I haven't finished it yet, but one of my favorite uh, Christian metal bands mm-hmm. or hardcore band called Sleeping Giant. Yeah. For like 10 years. And this band would travel, like they would tour just like I used to tour. But instead of being weird, like late, like disgusting dudes, when they tour, they would play shows they would baptize people. Yeah. They would pray for people. People would get saved. They would lay hands on people. People got healed yeah. at shows. And they decided we're going to bring this heavy form of worship yeah. like to the world. Mm-hmm. And it, it was transformative to a yeah. lot of people because there's a because there's the same thing, influential young people yeah. that are going, we want, we feel angry. We feel angst. We want to scream. For these guys to bring the scream to them in the name of Jesus yeah. and say, it's okay to want to scream. David wanted to scream at times, yeah. right? Like he he would feel just like schizophrenic, angry in yeah. the Psalms, like lonely in the Psalms. You can scream that out to Jesus. And all of a sudden it was like they, they found a home. Yeah. And like, and so to me, I'm like, you know, it's okay for there to be alternate forms of music yeah. and worship as long as the heart's right. Of so course. that's what I want to kind of talk about now is like the yeah. heart behind yeah. it. And I think like that's great. Like I think uh, I was just listening to actually uh, you made me think of a story from my coworkers uh, probably a week ago or two weeks ago. Uh, we were talking about Reliant K. And, you know, yeah. in the Christian community, everybody knows Reliant K is, is you know, is Christian. Right. But like one of my coworkers was talking about Reliant K. One of my other coworkers was like, uh, they were a Christian and they were like, hey, like, did you know that I was a Christian band? And that coworker was not a believer. And he goes, no, I didn't. And his like whole reality, it was like watching, it was like watching a, I don't know, like a mental break in his mind, but realizing that Reliant K was Christian. And he was literally, he was, wor- he was listening to worship music <laughs> oh, on his no. free time. And I was just like, that is the greatest testimony that you can have as a believer Did to be you, like, I, I tricked a non-believer. Do you ever like in that moment, do you wish you could just go back? Cause if I, if I was there, yeah. I wish there would have just been a site, like a silence. And then I would have just spoke really quietly to him, like quietly and just said, gotcha. Like, <laughs> You love Je- you love Jesus now. You've caught the bug, like uh, like an Ashton Kutcher. Like you've been punked. Like you've been punked like, this whole time. <laughs> you've been punked. No, it was just. But like to me, that was that was really. I I realized like man, as as Christians, we cannot necessarily deceive people into following Christ, but we can make them realize like, hey, the Lord's been ministering to you this whole time, and you didn't even know it. And I right. think what you said was very important. Like, 
our world is filled with dynamic and like differing people from all different walks of life, from all different backgrounds that have different tastes. Right. And as Christians, we're called to go out and minister to those souls. And if we're saying like, no, you need to come to us, just like our pastor used to say, like, you need to change your act and come to God. In reality, he was saying like, it's actually like, hey, come to God and watch what he does with your act, right? right? And so for us, like I say, if you, if you are into like metal screaming and you want to like roar all day long, go for it. It's not something that I'm personally going to listen to, right. but you're going to find some kid that's you know, at a crossroads in his life that's going right. to find that and realize like, hey, that's actually for me. Yeah, I think, I think the key is like a, a, a heart that's like, for the Lord, yeah, using the gifts that He's given you, and even like your broken past, mm-hmm. like right, like isn't that like like it's it's God is redeeming and He's making all things new. Like yeah. He's He's created you, and you're now a new creation. Mm-hmm. But in that new creation, He's made me right at 24 when I got mm-hmm. saved. I it's not like I've forgotten everything that happened the previous yeah. 24 years, right? Like I still remember being on tour. I still remember my love for that heavy type of music. Yeah. But all of a sudden, as a new creation, there's like a wall that's been put up in between that old life and this new life. And everything from that old life filters through the wall yeah. to say, well, here's how I use that and implement my past yeah. into my future. It can be like this. And when it comes to music, I think that there is a space. We didn't really talk about this, but I'm going to touch on it a little bit. It's kind yeah. of random. But like, I think there is a space for people to really enjoy a guitar riff from a Led Zeppelin. Yeah. If you have a mature enough heart to say, I don't necessarily approve of what Led Zeppelin's doing, yeah. but I can appreciate the fact that even though that's not a believer, I believe all things have come from God. Yeah. Every good gift has come from above. So that guitar riff that Jimmy Page is playing yeah. is is the creativity that God has put in him. It sucks that Jimmy Page does not glorify God and and push it like all his glory back up to Jesus yeah. for the gift that was given. He, he gives it to himself. Yeah. Right. Or some people would even give it to the universe. Like you're just an amazing guitar player. Yeah. It's just in me. Like mm-hmm. I just have that talent. Yeah. But we know that it, it's come from the Lord. But like I, I can even see an unbeliever who's very talented and say, thank you, God, even though they're not singing for you. I thank you that you are a giver of that type of creativity, yeah. that yeah. level of creative yeah. ability. Well, and even even like, uh, you know, I, I think about I used to uh, Matt uh, Wigley, our, our our worship pastor, when we were living in Hawaii. Shout out to Matt! Yeah, shout out to Matt Wigley. Uh, you know, we used to work at a little grill together, and um, at the end of the night or during the day, like we'd be playing, you know, Jimi Hendrix or you know, all, like uh, Neil Diamond, like the worship pastor. You know, yeah, hey, like listen, believe I'll tell you right now. Neil Diamond is right up the alley of a worship Neil pastor. Diamond is right up the alley. Like the next step hey. for Neil Diamond, I think, <laughs> would be Burt Baccarat. <laughs> a little bit of Burt Baccarat after that. But I mean, Jimi Hendrix, like, you know, the Jimi Hendrix was, uh, uh, as far as like in a large part of the generation, he was a devil worshiping, like hippie, like like smoking the grass kind of guy and he was a guy that you just didn't want to listen to if you were a christian right um instead you listen to like uh keith green or something like that you know but it's just like we were listening to that kind of music and but what i realized though is like you know as as mature believers we could listen to that music i wasn't going to take that music and then go play it 
for the junior hires that I was that I was serving with. Okay. Not because I was trying to be hypocritical or hide something from my life, right. but because I realized that if I'm playing music for not necessarily Jimi Hendrix, but let's say like I'm playing ACDC and they are just hearing Highway to Hell and right. they're looking at me saying, well, this is my worship or this is my uh, youth, youth leader and right. he's listening to Highway to Hell. That must mean that I can expand in X, Y, and Z. I recognize that their maturity wasn't at the same level that the maturity of my worship pastor right. was. So that's like the term that the Bible would use for that would be like tabling, yeah. right? Like when you, like Paul would say, like when you're tabling with somebody, yeah. if like something makes them uncomfortable, we should also like Philippians chapter two, think of others as more important yeah. than ourselves. Yep. So therefore, if I'm around somebody who has a history or is like, okay, let's like keep it with music. If they're super influential, yeah. I'm not going to play things or recommend things that are super influential to them. Mm-hmm. I think that we have to be wise and discerning about who we're in context yeah. of, right? But if I'm in context of you, I can say, hey, Nolan, like I heard a really great song. Like I love the melody of it or something. Or especially if I'm like in, in the presence of another musician, mm-hmm. I can say, hey, man, I heard this amazing riff. Yeah. I don't love the band, what they stand for, but you got to hear this riff. Yeah. Right? Like, it's just amazing. I, I wish I could have written something yeah. like that. I think that there's a discernment that takes place there. Yeah. And it's okay. I think that, like, you could apply that to anything. Like, yeah. is, it, is it okay for a Christian to have a glass of wine? Yes. Is it a little wonky to go to an alcoholic and say, hey, I know you struggle with this, but I'm a drink. Yeah. I'm going to have my glass of wine. Well, and see, I think, like, you, you were talking about, like, you just pulled that thought right out of my head. Because I was going to say, you know... I know of Christians that are alcoholics that I can't walk around and drink around because sure. all of a sudden they're going to say, well, I can use that justification to drink just in the same way. Like you have to be very smart about if you are somebody that is heavily influenced by music and that, that is easy to follow the thoughts and the patterns of, of musicians in their songs. Right. You need to take a good look at that and say like, I can't be around this stuff. Maybe it is good that I just listen to the Gaither vocal band for the rest of my life because that's just, I, and I'm just, it's not like, the, Hey, I, I got a special place in my heart for the Gaither vocal band because my mom loves, my mom loves Bill Gaither and everything that he stands for. So I, I absolutely love him. but it's just like, to me, you know, sometimes you just have to be okay. If, especially if you come out of that lifestyle and you're like, I cannot, listen to this or else I will go to a place that I cannot be. You have to recognize like, but I think like you said though, there are, because we live in such a dynamic society, there are many places that you can go to get the same thing. I mean, even within the rap culture nowadays, it's like you can listen to people like uh, Andrew uh, Mineo. Nobody calls, it, nobody calls it rap anymore. Sorry no about hip that. Hip-hop. Hip-hop. Thank the you. The hip-hop culture. You can listen to Andy Mineo. You can listen to Lecrae. You can listen to, I mean, all of these other artists. Just like with okay, the so let's talk about that for a second. Okay, because yeah. that just kind of spawns something. Like, is it okay to appreciate a riff or melody or chorus or something or a song without necessarily agreeing with the artist. I think you can. Yeah, is it okay? It's a sim- like in a similar way. Can you appreciate a piece of art without 100% getting on board with the character of the artist? I think you can. Yeah. It's the same way, right? But at what point, even me as a 34-year-old married man and father of two, I like listening to NF. I like mm-hmm. listening to Andy Mineo. Yeah. Andy Mineo. I like um sorry, Minio. That's how he likes Minio. to say. Minio. Sorry. Um, my bad, Andy. Um so I like listening to those, and and when those playlists are done, secular hip hop will come on, yeah. and within it within a few songs, I'm going. This makes me feel uncomfortable. 
Oh, really? Yes, because a lot of them start dipping into too worldly yeah. for me to handle, right? Yeah. They cease to be about like art or spoken word poetry and they start to be about like pumping themselves up, glorifying themselves, foul language, foul living, getting yeah. chicks on the side. And I'm going, I don't just, I just, I don't agree with that. Yeah. Right. So like there, there is even times where like my quote unquote level of maturity and I don't base maturity on like my age yeah. as much as my, my spiritual or my biblical maturity. Yeah. Like my level of biblical maturity can't handle that. Yeah. I'm going, nah, I can't. Cause that's still getting under my skin. Yeah. Right. So see, like, I think like, and I think there's just differing levels of like how that affects people. Cause I can listen to, you know, Biggie, like Tupac. I can listen to all those artists. You for, cannot listen to Biggie. I mean, I can, man. Hey, you didn't know Good I'm a, I'm you. a straight gangster, brother. Okay. East uh, Coast. Get <laughs> the, it. the problem is, is like, I, I can listen to him for a while, but after, after like, I, and I'll be completely fine. Like it doesn't affect me in any way. But after a while, I just recognize like, you know, I like, I just, I'm not getting the same edification out of this as I would be getting it from somewhere else. And so I just have right. to go straight to uh, a worship set or straight to this and that. And like, it doesn't affect me at all. It's not like it's degrading my spirit or anything like that. I just recognize like, this is a fleeting moment. It's something that I'm just listening to, but I'm not getting any, any edification out of. I'm not getting, I'm not getting filled up. I'm just kind of either, you know, maintaining my, where I'm at. And then there's just a call within myself that I'm like, I got to feel edified. I got to feel filled up again. And so I'll just go and listen to, you know, a worship song. So devil's advocate would yeah. say like the a reverse argument of that would say, well, why, why wouldn't you always want to be filling yourself up? What type of man would you be if you chose to fill yourself up constantly and mm -hmm. focus on the things of the Lord? And I, like, so that's, that's the argument, right? Yeah. That I would hear from like the other side of the yeah. aisle. It's just like, why would you even focus your time on anything like that? Yeah. What do you say to that? Well, and I, I think like simply put, I, I, what you were just saying is I can enjoy a, a guitar riff. I can enjoy a lyric that is just so spot on that you just go, Oh my gosh, like that's amazing. Like what you just did there, how you put, you know, two and two together, or how you like incorporated all of this into one lyric. Like I can enjoy that and, and still be able to say like, God, like you are such a great creator of like the human mind or like human creativity. And I think that's where it comes down to like maturity sense. Like I can look at something that a man has created or a man has, has made. And I can give glory to God by saying, God, you've created us to have amazing creativity. Right. And therefore I can give glory to you. Whereas somebody else might listen to it and just hear nothing but right. glorification of the devil. Okay. Really quick. I just want to talk a little bit of trash. Okay. About Christian music. Because here's here's what I'm gonna say. I have a hypothesis. Yeah. Okay. I my hypothesis is that people with good intentions mm. don't necessarily always have the gifts or the yeah. creativity that's been given to them by yeah. the Lord. They have good intentions. Yeah. They probably have good theology. Yeah. But when it lays down on a record and comes to me via like Spotify or like quote unquote on the airwaves. Yeah. It's maybe not quite as talented yeah. as others, right? Yeah. So that's my gripe. Is like yep. I I appreciate that people want to take hold of music, like a genre of music, yeah. and use it. But if it's not good, 
and you're putting out subpar, <coughs> like second class, like material yeah. because you have the heart for ministry mm-hmm. or the heart to, you know, like, like be in a, some sort of subculture and be a light there. Yeah. That's great. Yeah. But mm, it's not fully, it's not yeah. the greatest. Well, and I, and I think like we've, we've talked about, uh, you know, just even our, our own like Christian cinema experience, you know, about like the quality that we've been putting out there. And, uh, you know, I think, I think for, for what I would say about this whole topic is like, okay. so that we don't get into a tangent about yes. cinema, um, <laughs> is that like, I had a good friend and, and he was, a you know, he was an aspiring artist and he really wanted to be in the music scene, but he was subpar. Like it just, he was not... I, I don't know if it was that he was tone deaf or that he just, maybe he just <laughs> he didn't, he just deaf. didn't practice enough. But I think that there's a lot of Christians that still try to hide behind their own like insecurities and their own, like if they're not a good artist, they don't want to say that. They just want to say like, Oh God has called me to do this Ooh. instead of saying like, Hey, maybe I need to face my own, my own insecurities and say, I'm not a good singer, but I'm a great guitar player. Cause that was my friend's problem. He was an amazing guitar player, but he wasn't a good singer. Instead, he wanted to be the front man of every band. It's like, maybe you need to say, I'm not a good this, but I am a good this. Just like me, myself, I realized like, I'm not a very, oh gosh, I was going to say eloquent speaker, but I, I'm called to speak. I'm not called to sing. I'm right. called to speak. I recognize right. like I'm a great speaker. I'm not a good singer. Right. I will never stand up in front of somebody and say, I'm going to lead you in worship today <laughs> in the sense of playing a, playing a guitar, this and that. Right, right, I right. can't keep beat. I can't keep time. I can't keep any you of You have this. bad rhythm. I've got horrible rhythm. You, when you tap your toe... <laughs> You 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 miss a couple of the toes. Hey, I was just trying to uh, uh to like drum to Queen today. Yeah, and I was work. literally doing like I was like <laughs> I was just I was messing up so bad. People listening to the podcast just heard you smacking your chest or something. Dude, I, that was, I was I was drumming on my on my knees and I was like I'm not going anywhere. But I recognized like. I'm called to preach. I'm called to read the word. I'm called right. to be a student of the word and not a student of like voice or music or anything like that. Well, that's the thing is like, that's what I'm saying is like, I, I, I want people to put out amazing Christian music, Yeah. but I feel like a large majority of people get a buy because they're Christian and like playing music. Yeah. They're not mm-hmm. phenomenal musicians who the Lord has gifted to, and, and they're going to glorify the Lord back. Yeah. They're not necessarily that. And so my thing is like, I feel like we should be a little bit more, whether it's in cinema Mm -hmm. or whether it's in music, we should be a little bit more strict. Yeah. Like to people who said like, we should be a little bit more honest. Yeah. I think honesty is a good policy. Like if you have a young like band who's like, they're playing some music, maybe encourage them. But after they've been doing it for five years and they sound like Michael W. Smith with a distortion pedal, I'm going to (laughs) go, brother, you need to pack it in. You're not doing anybody any good. Yeah. You're not leading anybody to the Lord with this kind of second class stuff that yeah. you're doing. Well, I think the problem is, is like, you know, with, with Christian music, with Christian kind of really anything in the arts, you're really dealing with like, you're kind of like a small school trying to fight a, trying to play in a big school football team. Like right. you, you're fighting up against this huge industry that is the music industry. And you have, you have maybe half, if not a quarter of the amount of talent that's Ooh. in your camp than is in the other camp. And so I think that we a lot of times compare Christian musicians to people that are in the world and we say like, they're just not as good. But the problem is I think there's just so many people that are fighting and competing in the worldly 
you know, so Christian there's that. Ministry. And then there's also this hypothesis, which mm. I've heard a lot of people actually talk about, which is true artists are a slightly crazy, right? <laughs> if you want to yeah. be a truly like innovative artist, yeah. you have to be a little bit off of your meds, yeah. right? Like, like if you look at some of the most influential people, they're like in music or in the mm-hmm. industry, like they're not stable people. Yeah. They're not people with uh, like wonderful monogamous relationships. They're people who get their heart broken and break hearts yeah. constantly because that makes good music. Yeah. That makes for good lyrics. And so some people, and here's, I'm getting to the hypothesis mm-hmm. finally. Some people would say that the Christian life of walking steadily with Jesus does not necessarily make good music as the world would know it. Yeah. Well, and I think like that's, that's absolute crap only because like, if you look at like biblically, and this kind of brings us into our other point of like Psalms, okay. you have David constantly going back and forth of like, God, like you rescued me. Like, I love you so much. And then it's just like, God, I'm in, a, I'm in my life is at the worst, lowest point possible. And I mean, right. if you look at like the Bible, we recognize that it is not a place for, for a weary heart. Like it is a place where you watch absolute mountaintop highs followed by valley lows within right, right, a right. couple of verses. And it's just like, I think that that's a, that that's a dichotomy shift that our culture has to go through to realize like Christians aren't sitting on the, the hill of a thousand, you know, cows. And we're just like, Oh, you know, we're sitting pretty. Like we go through very difficult times. And I think the problem is, I think that a lot of times in our Christian culture, we've convinced people that as a Christian, you have to be okay. Right. You have to be okay at all times. You cannot show an ounce of struggle or an ounce of, you know, hardship. And that's why I don't like Christian radio. Yeah. (laughs) That's why I don't like Christian radio because. Christian radio is all about I'm okay, like and I'm happy. Story. I'm yeah. glorifying the Lord. Everything's yep. it just it's a lot of yeah. <laughs> not to bleed over from our last episode, but it's like teeth yeah. and spice wrote Te- every episode <laughs> or yeah. every song. Yeah. On the, and I'm going, where are the Davidic Psalms of where Where is the Book of Lamentations yeah. like yep. in song? Like, come on, man! Like, let's let, that's the actual. That's not just the Christian life. That's life. Yeah. Right. And and. I feel like we Christians feel like they have to put on a little bit of that front. Yeah. And so that's what bums me out and upsets me about that. And so like, okay, where, where do we, we got to wrap up the episode because yep. we're in like 49 or 50 minutes. Yeah. So where do we land on this whole rock and roll thing? Can we listen to rock and roll? Can we not listen to rock and roll? You know, I think it all, it all comes down to maturity. I mean, if you look into uh, Romans 14, uh, Romans 14 is just all talking about, you know, for the mature man, that is okay. In, in that chapter, it's talking about eating meat in the sense of like in cultural terms, the the Jews and like recently converted uh, Gentiles were having a problem because the Jews were saying, well, you can't eat meat that's sacrificed to idols. Otherwise you're right. living in sin. But the Gentiles were saying like, well, I don't have a problem because I worship God and I don't care where this meat comes from because ultimately God blesses all things. And so when you look at Romans 14, you realize like Paul was really fighting with a, Look, for the mature believer, the mature believer can eat meat because they're mature enough to say God blesses all things. But for the immature believer, the mature believer can't come in and say, well, you have to eat meat now because God said it's okay. He, Paul basically said, you know, for the immature, you have to come down to their level and say like, hey, I understand where you're coming from. But for the mature believer, hey, meat's on the menu. Like that's totally fine. And I think that's the, kind of the same way with rock and roll. I'm not going to go and, and tell my 
you know, tell my grandma, like, hey, you have to listen to Van Halen and ACDC or else you're not a mature Please believer. Tell hey, your that. <laughs> the only reason why I would tell you that is that. on the off chance that I just like walk in on her one day and she's just like, like, oh, you know? <laughs> but <laughs> I think also, but I think, I think everything you're saying is true, and I, but I think it has to be coupled with something like in Ephesians 4, like let no foul thing come out of your mouth, like yeah. which is basically the same thing we were talking about of like influence, right? Yeah. Like, But like only let the things that are like helpful for building up, for edifying people. So with that being said, like mixing those two things together with a biblical worldview, like can you eat meat that was sacrificed to idols, aka can you listen to Led Zeppelin? I think you can. But if it influences you, mm-hmm. right, and allows things to soak through you and then output, yeah. the things you input don't just stop at, oh, that's a cool melody or guitar riff, and actually start frustrating you, making you angry, yeah. bitter, resentful, the things that are the opposite of the fruit of the spirit, then you realize that you're not mature enough to handle that. You need to shut that thing down. Yeah. And there, that's, that's a gray area. But you have to play in that gray area to figure out where are you dark gray or are you light gray, mm-hmm. like yeah. on that topic. So yeah. I, I think I think that that's where I land. Yeah. I think that it like rock and roll can be okay. Yeah. But it's dependent on the person, their the place that they're at in their life and their walk with Jesus. Yeah. Yeah. And I think like too, the other thing that I've just realized is like whenever whenever I have seen there be an influx in like the the culture that creates this put it like this, like I, I mentioned Keith Green a while ago in the episode, like right. Keith Green came out of like the seventies, like hippie movement. And at that time there wasn't a lot of Christian artists that were doing like popular, like songs that people were listening to. Sure. And it was just a lot of like older style music with like the organ and this and that. And, and he came on the scene and he came out of the seventies, like, peace and love movement and he was actually in the music industry at that time and anytime that I've seen there there's like a culture shift where it like creates the new music that we're listening to Uh I see God very quickly like kind of shift that and be like okay I'm gonna provide an alternative for this I'm gonna provide you know a a kind of music that Christians can listen to and and edify me and it's just like I see that. I think that a lot of this kind of needs to uh, be like, we need to put trust in the Lord a lot of times. Like right. if you, and I think too, a lot of it is like just um, purely, I, I would say ignorance, like, cause the music industry is so big nowadays right. that if you, you, there's not an, a genre that you can name that there's probably not a Christian artist that's doing the same thing. Even in your journey, like you've, you listened to some kind of really honestly crappy bands before you found a couple of the bands that you really like. Absolutely. Did. So I think like sometimes you, there just needs to be a trial and error. If you're not going to go out and find probably a banger right away, like a band that's just absolutely amazing, you're going to have to experiment a little bit, especially if you're a non, like if you're a new Christian and you walk in from the rap you know, industry, you walk in from the rap world, like you might need to listen to, you know, maybe 20, 25 artists before you find the right one. Don't get discouraged. Don't go right back to your old ways. Right. right, Keep searching, keep yearning, keep looking and also ask your non or ask your Christian friends because I'm sure they'd be able to turn you on to a couple of good ones. Yeah. I think I, I I like that. I like the experimentation because it's like, you don't know your limits until you kind of press them. Right. Like are, is this right? Like, can I listen to this? I just, that doesn't feel right to me mm-hmm. right now and there are sometimes bands that you do that with now and later on down the line you're like actually i feel like i can handle that yeah. now and vice versa sometimes there's actually bands like i'll find myself in a season where i'm like i used to be able to listen to this 
I cannot listen to this uh-huh. anymore. Yeah. And, and that, that's just God doing something different in a mm-hmm. different season of my life. Yep. Right. So I think we need to be sensitive to mm-hmm. what he's doing in each one of us mm-hmm. and be willing to, if it's important enough to you, if music is important enough to you, you need to adventure and you need to explore, yeah. but you need to be willing to shut things down mm-hmm. and not just keep drifting off with the tide. Like yeah. it's like swimming, right? Like I'm a little too far. I better go in right now before yeah. I catch the tide and it yanks me out. Right. Yeah. Like, and, and a lot of people would say, well, why would you even play on that line? And it's like, well, like that's part of maturity, right? Yeah. But like in any level of maturity, we all play near the line. We want yeah. to be further back from the line if we absolutely can. But if something's like you're just really passionate about something, it's hard. Yeah. It's hard to completely ignore a certain category or genre or piece of your life. You have to explore a little bit. Try to do it safe. Do it with other people, like in numbers, right? Like, mm-hmm. hey, can like like I'm listening to this thing. Will you listen to this thing with yeah. me? Yeah. Right? Like get input from other people, I would say. Well, and I think to kind of like wrap it up and just give a biblical example of it, like I think a lot of times we think of the the uh the castles like um parable you know like hey like you know a man built his castle in the sand a man yes. built his castle on the rock i think we think of that as like a black and white scenario right but i think right. there are, in the christian life you can build your castle and it can be made out of 95 percent stone but there's that five percent sand that god's always showing you right like god always has something that he's showing you to mature you to strengthen you to build you and i think like especially with like certain areas like this God might be walking you through a period of your life where he's like showing you at this point in time, hey, like I'm showing you the weak parts of your of your castle right now. Right. And that part is your maybe music, the music choices that you listen to. Hmm. Whereas like there might be another Christian that's like, you know what? I'm good. That's stone. But I got another part of me right here that if I like ever walk into a bar, I immediately feel like I'm tempted to drink. Right. And you know, that's where God's working on him. So like you said, there's parts of our lives where we're going to walk through and we're going to be solid as a rock in those areas. Yeah. But there's also other parts where we're constantly working on them and with music especially. I don't think it does anybody any good to present your life as a 100% black and white. I'm on an upward swing constantly. Mm-hmm. I think not only does that do other people a disservice, but it's also a lie to yourself. It does you a disservice. So I think being realistic about the fact that we ebb and flow in our spiritual progression and like that each day we're not necessarily looking more like Jesus, but like the progression is like the stock market. Like eventually it's like, what is it, like uh, uh, mutual funds. Yeah. Like you might lose a little bit here or there, but eventually like, I mean, the, it's going up, it's increasing, yeah. right? And like you have to look at it on, the, on a larger scale rather than like a microscopic scale. Yeah. So that's kind of like my thoughts about Yeah, that. I like that. And especially just- I like you. Oh, I like you too. All right. Yeah. I think we had a good conversation about I mean, music. That was, that was great. Yeah. yeah, it was pretty good. It was a long conversation about music, actually. How, how long were we at? About 58 minutes on, on music. It's a lot. There's a, yeah, it's a big topic, It's actually. a big topic. All right. Yeah. Well, hey, thank you guys for listening to thank the you. episode. Uh, if you wouldn't mind giving it a like, uh, leaving a review in whatever podcasting app you're listening to, we'd really, really appreciate that. Uh, we're enjoying doing the podcast, and we hope that you're enjoying listening to the podcast. Until next time. Uh, I'm Jesse. I'm Nolan. And this is Biblical Lens. We'll see you guys in the next episode. See you later.